0: Thank you, choir. What an awesome song. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Yeah, y'all clap again. That's all right. It's legal to clap in the Baptist Church. You can even raise your hands and shout. There you go. Shout. Get happy. Uh, You know, I do think, Bobby... uh, For preaching for me last Sunday, and Brian, uh, I think it was a few weeks before that, I just got to teach them a little bit better. They quit before noon, and I haven't taught them well enough yet, so I'm going to keep setting that example, (laughs) preaching past noon, see if they catch on. (laughs) I'm joking. This this year, I wanted to start doing something a little bit different um, with the scriptures, uh, as we talk about this morning, we're going to talk about the, uh, the Word of God, but uh, I want us to learn together some scriptures. And uh, we're going to start with one that's very dear to me. I've learned it, I can't remember when, years ago. And it's just become a part of me. It's like my DNA, it's like I don't know if I'll ever forget it. It's just ingrained in me. That's because I've been using it for so many years and remembering it for so many years. And I wanted you to learn it with me. And it's from Psalm chapter 1. And we're going to try to learn verses 1 through 3 over a period of however long it takes us. Uh, But I I know it's pretty uh, special to me, and I hope it will be to you. So, Bobby, if you'd put that up there first of all, let's start with with verse. uh, This is verse 1. So, read that out loud with me together. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Let's keep going. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. We'll stop there. Let's go back to verse 1. When you're learning Scripture, you pick up on some key things in the Scripture. If you notice three verbs in that verse one, walk, stand, sit. You see, if you're walking not with God, and you're walking in the way of sinners, then you progressively slow down to where you're not moving at all. So when you're learning a verse of Scripture, look at the verbs uh, and also personalize it. It says, blessed is the man, but you're not all men. And he's not speaking about men as the gender. He's speaking about mankind. So women don't take offense. But you could personalize it as you're learning it. I am blessed when I, and you could reverse it, walk in the counsel of the godly. I am blessed when I stand in the path of the righteous. I am blessed when I sit in the seat of those who speak truth. But, for our sake, we're going to learn this word for word over a period of weeks, verses 1 through 3. I want you to read it with me one more time. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, Bobby, turn the screen off. Black out the screen for just a minute. All right. Now, see if you can say that much with me. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Say it with me one more time. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. We'll stop right there. You got that down. You learned a a passage of scripture already. Just a portion of a verse. We'll keep going. Now, what's the next verb? We started with walking. What's the next verb? Stand. What was the last verb? Sit. So you see, you got the principle already down. We'll build on that week after week. So think about that. And meditate on that this week. I am blessed when I'm not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Think about how you receive ungodly counsel. What's one area you would receive ungodly counsel from? The television would be one. Maybe your job or a friend or somebody else. You know, you never know. But But remember, think about how you would receive that counsel and learn to apply that passage of Scripture this week. Let's pray together. Father, we want your word to be in our heart that we may not sin against thee. Lord, we want your word to be a priority in our lives this year, more than it was last year. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us today from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Imagine how many voices you hear in a day. You ever stop to think about how many voices you hear in a single day? What's the first voice you hear when you wake up in the morning? Is it your parents? Get up! It's time to go back to school. Maybe it's the voice of your spouse leaning over to kiss you lightly on the cheek. Good morning, sweetheart. Why are y'all laughing? <laughs> That's not what happens in your home. <laughs> you sure look beautiful today, or you sure look handsome today. Maybe it's the the voice of your boss or your co-workers. Maybe it's the voice of your children. Mom, what's for breakfast? Mom, we're gonna be late. Maybe it's that you turn on the television and you listen to that television news anchor telling you, catching you up on the latest. But think about, through the day, how many voices you hear throughout a day. Maybe you have a doctor's appointment and you're waiting to hear that doctor tell you something important about your health, something that would help you feel better. How many voices and how many different sources of voices do you hear throughout a day? What about God's voice? When do you hear God's voice? We often wish we could hear God like Moses or Abraham or the prophets with our ears. But wouldn't it just make life so much simpler if we could just hear God speak audibly to our ears? Wouldn't it? God, if you would just tell me and just show me, then it would be so clear. Well, people had it back then in the days of the Scriptures, and, and some of them still didn't follow it so easily. We might even like to be like the disciples who got to walk with Jesus and hear the things that He taught and, and hang out with Him. We long for that. But you know, every follower of Jesus, every Christian, has the privilege of hearing from the mouth of God. We have the privilege of hearing God's voice. And if we're not hearing from God regularly, I would even say daily, then something's wrong in our relationship and connection to God. You see, if I were to go a whole day and not speak to my wife, something's wrong. Wouldn't you agree? You need counseling. If you can go a whole day and not speak to your children, something's not right in that relationship. If you can go a whole day and not hear from God or talk to God, then something's not right in that relationship. And so every believer, every Christian has the privilege, the opportunity, and hopefully you're seizing that to hear from the mouth of God every single day you live. Without exception. I don't care what you're going through. I do care. What I mean is it doesn't matter what you're going through. You still have the opportunity to hear from the mouth of God. Jesus said in John 10, 27, he said, My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. If you're his sheep, if you belong to him, it goes to reason according to the Scripture and according to the very words of our Savior Jesus Christ, that you are hearing His voice. And so if you're not hearing God's voice, then one of two things is happening. Either you're not His, or you're so far from Him that you can't hear Him speak. And that can change right here this morning. That can change. You can become His. You can become one of His sheep. You can begin, you can decide today, I'm going to follow Him. I'm going to devote my life to Him. Or you may be so far from Him and you say, I'm going to turn back and I'm going to come back and follow Him more closely. You know the best way to hear God speak? Martin Luther said this, God is everywhere. However, He does not want us to reach out for Him everywhere, but only in the Word. Reach out for it and you will grasp Him aright. Otherwise, you're tempting God and setting up idolatry. This is why He has established a certain method for us. This teaches us how and where we're to look for Him and find Him, namely, in the Word. You know, if you want to hear from God's voice, this is the best place to hear from it. The best place. I like to say that when you open the Scriptures, you're opening the mouth of God. You think about that. Why do you need the Bible? When I answer that question over the next four weeks or so, why do I need the Bible? What is going to happen this year that I need the Bible for? Why do I need the Bible? Why do I need to hear from God? Why do I need to listen to what He has to say? Listen to what Job said. And so, first of all, the first answer to this question today is, you need it for food. Here's what Job said in Job 23, 12. He said, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He was one of the greatest rulers in African history and the creator of modern Ethiopia. He was born in 1844. He was captured during an enemy raid, and he was held prisoner for 10 years. He escaped. His name was Menelik II. He declared himself head of the province of Shewa. He began conquering neighboring kingdoms and developed them into modern Ethiopia with himself as emperor. Italy tried to take over Ethiopia, but Menelik's army met and crushed the Italians at the Battle of Adua. And this victory, as well as his efforts to modernize Ethiopia with schools and telephones and railroads, made him world famous. You probably haven't heard of him. But this emperor had one little known eccentricity. Whenever he was feeling ill, he would eat a few pages of the Bible, insisting that this always restored his health. One day in December 1913, recovering from a stroke and feeling extremely ill, he had the entire book of Kings torn from an Egyptian edition of the Bible, and he ate every page of it, and he died. Obviously, I'm not talking about eating the pages of Scripture. But as we look at the metaphors that the Bible uses of itself related to the food we eat, And what these metaphors suggest to us, we understand that the Word of God is more necessary to us than our daily food. You see, I doubt very few of you left home this morning without putting something in your mouth. I doubt very many of you go to sleep tonight without having put something in your mouth between now and that time. Am I right? In fact, the reason you like to get out at noon is because you got to meet, beat somebody, or meet somebody at the restaurants. So put something in your mouth. That's how important food is to you. In fact, some of you get a little a little irritated when the word of God is still being preached at noon and you, your your meal time's interrupted. Am I right? Now you're looking at me like I'm an idiot. Job said, I have treasured the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. What if you put this in your hand before you put anything in your mouth every single day? What if God's voice was the first voice you heard every single day? How would that make your life different? What if you fed on the word before you fed anything on anything else? You think that would make a difference in your life? I know it would. I want to talk about three areas of food that the Bible talks about, or three metaphors. First of all, in Matthew 4 4, Jesus said, as he was responding to the temptation of the devil, you remember he had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and you know the scripture says he was hungry. And so the devil tempted him to turn the stones into bread. And you remember what Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Just as bread is necessary to sustain physical life, God's word is necessary to sustain spiritual life. Listen, you're not you're not living spiritually. If you're not feeding on the word of God. You know you can go only so long without food. Before your body begins to emaciate. And die. The same is true of your spirit. You can only go so long without the word of God. Before your spirit shrivels up. And there's nothing there. Just dry desert. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I am Encouraging you, yea, I am challenging you to join me in an endeavor this year. I mentioned it last year, I think November. To join me in reading the Bible through this year. There are plenty, plenty of good Bible reading plans. Open Windows has them. I think, I'm not sure if Home Life does, but I know many other uh, Bible reading plans are out there. You can also get a through the Bible in one year Bible. I have several of them. And uh, you can start January 1. It'll give you an Old Testament, a New Testament, a Psalms, and a Proverbs to read. Selection from Psalms, a selection from Proverbs. And if you were just to read through it without stopping and thinking about it, you could probably do it in 15 minutes. But the, the point is not how fast you can do it. The point is, what is God saying to you in that time? What is that passage of Scripture? What is that chapter? What is that? What is God speaking to me that day? But see, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Now, I want to ask you a question. I don't want you to respond, but I want you to think about it. How many of you, being a Christian, as long as you've been a Christian, has read the whole Bible through? Don't answer Don't respond. Just think. And how long have you been a Christian? Don't you think it by now that you should have read the whole Bible? Some of you have. Maybe many of you have. I don't know. But if we eat every day, and sometimes three, four, five, six times a day, and we ought to treasure God's word as more than unnecessary food, then we ought to be feeding on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And let me ask you this. How many of you believe without doubt that this is the word of God? I'm not trying to trick you here. How many of you believe that? You believe that God spoke it. You believe that God inspired it. You believe it's really God's word. I believe most of us here, probably all of us here believe that that this proceeded from the mouth of God. It did. The Bible says it did. All Scripture, he says, is inspired or breathed from the mouth of God. And it's profitable for us. The Bible says it's profitable for us. But am I getting all of the bread, all of the nutrition that I should be getting from it? I know I'm not. I want to get more from it. But I cannot get more if I don't spend more time in it. And Jesus says, man should not live by bread alone, by just the food we eat, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Well, if Jesus said, I'm to feed off of every word, then I want to read every word. I want to look at every word, and, and I want to be familiar with it. Yea, learn it as much as I possibly can, not just because I'm a preacher, not because I stand up here week by week and have to deliver sermons to you, but because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. He said, my sheep hear my voice. You know what it means to be, some of you here, my dad is gluten-free. He's got that celiac disease, and it just developed within the last three years, and so he can't eat anything gluten, so when he comes to our house, it's you know, he can't eat the things we eat. Sometimes we, when we're eating something, we'll have to cook something special for him. He's gluten-free. And most of, some of you here today are gluten-free, and most everybody understands what gluten-free means. that you, it, There's that, those proteins in certain wheats and breads and grains that, that your stomach cannot tolerate. And so you, you eat a gluten-free uh, diet. We have a niece that's gluten-free. But when it comes to the Word of God, you can't pick and choose. Some people say, well, I'm a New Testament Christian. I'm going to refrain from the Old Testament. So what you're saying is the Old Testament didn't come from the mouth of God. Well, I'm not going to read Leviticus. It's just too slow and boring. Too much law. Well, you can be Leviticus free if you want to, but you're not going to get the whole grain of God's word. Well, I'm, I'm just not going to read Second Quran, I mean, Numbers, the book of Numbers. It's just all, this person begot that person, begot this person, begot that person. I can skip that, can I? Well, if you think it's not the word of God, you can. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Paul said in Acts 20, verse 27, he says, I determined... I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. So you can't pick and choose. You can't be a gluten-free Christian. You can be gluten-free when it comes to eating, but you can't be gluten-free when it comes to the Scripture. You can't pick and choose. You need the whole grain of God's Word. Jesus, the Bible says it's bread. The Bible also says it's milk. 1 Peter 2, 2 says that as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Well, you know I'm a granddaddy. Anna, we got a little grandbaby and she's here for the first time. And Buddy, when she's hungry, (laughs) she lets you know. And when she was first born, she had all this loosey-goosey skin, but now she's puffed out a little bit because she's craved her mother's milk. And she's grown from her mother's milk. And he says here, as a baby craves for his mother's or her mother's milk, so we're to crave the Word of God. So when you come to the Word of God, it's not, ah, got to read my Bible today. Preacher said so. Daily Bible reading. Got to read the whole thing. You ain't craving it. You're just going through the motions. Now listen, let me stop and pause right here and say this. If that's how you have to start, that's okay. Because I've been there. I've been there. And I'm not going to say I'll never be there again. And I'd venture to say you've been there too, hadn't you? Well, I have a lot of things i got to do. My schedule's full today. Got up a little bit later than I wanted to. And I know I need to read the Bible, but I just don't have time. You ever been there? And then one day turns into two, and one week turns into two, and one month turns into two, and before long, it's been a long time since we've read the Word of God and heard God speak to us. So if you have to come back to it that way and just say, well... I'm going to force myself to read the Bible, that's a a good place to start. That's okay if that's where you have to start. Because sometimes, and most times, duty with the Word of God turns into delight. Because once you read that passage of Scripture, you force yourself to read, and God speaks to you from it, you go, wow! And you want more, and you want more, and that hunger begins to grow, and then you begin to crave it. Because she is part of your spiritual DNA to crave the Word of God. Just like you didn't have to teach, we didn't have to teach that little baby Tindley how to get her mama's milk. She it was instinctual. And the moment you come and you begin to draw the milk from the Word of God, you begin to crave it more and more. And before, what you begin to notice is you begin to grow you begin to grow. Because God's word is one of the many ways that he feeds us and that we grow. But let me also take something else here from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able. For you're still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Now, in this passage, now in 1 Peter 2, 2, Paul, Peter was talking about as a baby craves its mother's milk, we're to crave the word of God. But now Paul uses a different angle on this idea of milk, to suggest that only babies crave only milk. You see, because there's coming a day when Tinley is going to crave something more than her mother's milk. And if all she drank was milk, there's coming a point where she would not grow just on milk. You see, as you feed off the milk of God's Word, you're going to crave more, you're going to grow, but then you're going to want to graduate to something solid. You see, you've heard of lactose intolerant. Some of you may be lactose intolerant. God forbid that I ever am. I love ice cream too much. I can tolerate, actually I enjoy frozen yogurt, but just nothing like ice cream, right? I think if I were lactose intolerant, I probably would suffer just have ice cream. But I love milk, too. I probably drink more milk. We got two full gallons in the refrigerator now. And some left in other. And, and it won't last a week between me and the boys. I love milk. But some of you, you, your stomach can't handle milk because you're lactose intolerant. Once again, when it comes to the Word of God, Christians, we all can feed off of God's Word. Listen, God's Word isn't just for preachers. It's not just for deacons. It's not just for Sunday school teachers. It's not for the spiritually elite, if there ever is even such a thing. The milk of the Word is for all people. You can tolerate everything in God's Word. You can stomach it. It won't make you sick. It won't hurt you. You say, well, what if I read something I don't understand? That's okay. Because we're talking about an infinite God who wrote this infinite book and a finite mind trying to understand it. Only the Spirit of God has to come in and teach me. You see, milk refers to the the introductory food to... A child system. Milk of the Word refers to that, the basic principles of the Word of God. The basic doctrines that we need to know. That we need to rehearse. A doctrine like reading your Bible every day. That's milk. That's basic. But it's amazing. Paul said here, I fed you with milk not with solid food because you weren't able to receive it, and you're still not able. How long have you been a Christian? Have you been able to move on from milk? Have you been able to graduate to solid food? Are you still just on the basic principles, the basic introductory things? That's fine to know, and to rehearse, that's where you have to begin. But you can't stay there. He says, crave the milk of the word that you may what? Grow. Every child is intended to grow. You see, I'm going to use Tenley again. shes I love that little, tiny, helpless little baby. But if she were to stay like that, that would be a problem, wouldn't it? We don't want her to stay like that. We want her to grow, to become a little girl, a young woman, a lady. God doesn't want us to stay little babies. And listen, spiritual babes has nothing to do with how long you've been a Christian or how old you are. Some people have been Christians for five years and they're still spiritual giants. Some have been Christians for 50 years and they're spiritual babies because they haven't been feeding and obeying the Word of God. There's one more metaphor that the Scripture uses of itself related to food, and that's Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 to 14, he says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles, that's the milk, of the oracles of God. And you've come to need milk and not meat. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, mature. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Notice in this scripture, Paul says, by this time... You ought. Again, I ask you, how long have you been a Christian? He says, by this time, you ought to be teachers. By this time, Paul is, and I say Paul, I don't know who wrote Hebrews, but my guess is Paul. By this time, Paul says that that some have been Christians for so long, they should have moved on from milk and feeding on the meat of God's Word and teaching it. But they stay babies because they stay on milk. They don't want to go deep. In fact, when people go deep with them, they say, oh, that's too deep. And you just want the surface. Listen, this year, I would like for you and me to go on a journey to get deep into the Word of God. I look across this congregation, I see faces of people who've been Christians. I've been here 18 years, and, and you've been Christians, for many, most of you, for at least that long. And, and, and you can go deeper. You don't have to be afraid of wading out a little bit deeper. It's even fun sometimes to get in over your head. Every now and then, I preach deep just to prove that I can. And sometimes when I do, people just say, well, that was a little deep, that was a little deep. But by this time, if you've been a Christian any length of time, you ought to be able to teach others he said look what else the other phrase he says in verse 15 for everyone who partakes of only of milk is unskilled in the word don't you want to be a skilled handler of the word of god you say well i don't plan to be a sunday school teacher i don't plan to be a a a preacher but i bet every one of you has been asked questions about the bible See, the Bible says that we are to be able to handle the Word of God properly. And if you don't know what it says, how can you explain to someone who asks you? He says we're to be ready in season and out of season to be able to give an answer to those who ask us. Now, we're not going to have all the answers, but we can turn them to a place in Scripture to show them. We need to be skilled in the Word of God. He says... Solid food or meat belongs to those who are a full age, who by reason of use, how do you get mature in handling the scriptures? How do you are able to handle the meat of God's word? You use it, you don't just read it for yourself. You share it with someone else. Let me share with you what God has told me, and here's how it applies to my life. You use it in God's Word. You, you see what it says to you. You apply it to your life. You exercise it in your own life. You don't just read it and say, well, I can check that off the list. I read my Bible today. Done with that. No, you, you actually are a remembering hearer. You you do the things that you've learned. You are exercising it. And as you exercise it, you're actually eating meat. And you're growing and stronger and stronger. And the devil begins to say, man, there's a person who is tough to deal with because they are exercised strongly in the Word of God. The devil had his hands full with Jesus Christ because every temptation the devil threw at him, Jesus had the Word of God to quote And to resist. And see, that's one thing we're going to look at in answer to the question, why do I need the Word of God? But today we're talking about food. We're going to talk about how it helps us against temptation as well in another week. You've heard of vegetarians? I'm not picking on gluten-free, lactose intolerant vegetarians. I'm sorry. I'm just using illustrations here. Some of you may be vegetarians. Daniel was a vegetarian in the scripture. He didn't want the king's fine meat. He just wanted he wanted those lentils, I mean those uh, vegetables and, and water. And, you know, it said in 10 days his appearance and strength was much finer than all the others who ate the king's delicacy. So I'm not picking on vegetarians. But you know what a vegetarian is, right? They don't eat any meat. They don't eat any meat. And, again, I'm kind of like, uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad... Uh, that God gave us cows. I, I, I don't know that they're good for us. But I enjoy them. <laughs> Deer. I enjoy that too. Uh, but we need not just the milk. And the bread of God's word. We need the meat of God's word. Let me give you an illustration. Milk is something you can just drink. And it goes down smoothly. Meat. Meat. You put a piece of meat in your mouth. What do you have to do to it? You got to chew it. When you're talking about the meat of God's word, when we look at Psalm one blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. You need to take that and chew on it all week long. Chew on it. Now, if you're a baby, you're just going to swallow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. Got that one memorized. That's good. It's in your heart, but you need to <clears throat> forgive the grossness, regurgitate it, and chew on it. You see, a cow chews a cud, doesn't he? And they have four stomachs, and uh, imagine how much lunch you could hold today if you had four stomachs. (laughs) That buffet at at the plaza or or wherever you're going today is so good you wish you had four stomachs to eat all that stuff. But he The cow swallows it and brings it back up and chews on it, swallows it, brings it back up and chews on it. He's meditating on it. He's getting all the nutritional value he possibly can out of that one mouthful of whatever it is he ate, that grain or grass. And that's what it is to to eat the meat of God's Word. It's not just reading it. It's not just learning it. It's memorizing it. it's, It's meditating on it. It's chewing on that Word to get... All you can get out of it, and you will grow. This is how we're to treat God's Word. Let me ask you again, is this God's Word? If this is God's Word, doesn't it it deserve that kind of treatment? Doesn't it deserve that I read it? Doesn't it deserve first place? First voice, first attention. I mean, it's from the mouth of God. I want to give God first. Am I putting Him first? One of the ways you can put Him first is to make His Word first. That His voice is the first thing you hear. He deserves that. It's His Word. He deserves, this Word of God deserves us treasuring it more than we treasure our food. Us craving it and us chewing on it. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. A man in Kansas City was severely injured in an explosion. An evangelist told about this man in a, in a book called The Wonders of the Word of God. Here's how that story goes. The victim's face was badly disfigured and he lost his eyesight as well as both hands. So he couldn't see to read and he couldn't even hold the Bible. He was a brand new Christian. And one of his greatest disappointments was that he could no longer read the Bible. But he heard about a lady in England who read Braille with her lips. She could put her lips up to the Braille Bible and feel the Braille and read with her lips. He hoped that he could do the same, and he sent for some books of the Bible in Braille, but much to his dismay, he discovered that the nerve endings in his lips had been destroyed in the explosion, and he couldn't feel the words. But one day, as he brought one of the Braille pages close to his mouth, his tongue happened to touch a few of the raised characters And he could feel them. And like a flash, he thought, I can read the Bible using my tongue. At the time that Robert Sumner wrote this book and told this story, the man had read through with his tongue the Bible four times. I've got two good hands and I've got two good eyes. What's my excuse? You see, God said this, hear it from the Lord, Psalm 81 13. Oh, that my people would listen to me. Your or my not hearing from God is not God's fault. God's speaking. Am I listening? Don't be a gluten-free, lactose intolerant, vegetarian Christian. Feed on the Word of God. Digest it all. You've got a lifetime to do it. Start today. On your mark, get set, go. Let's pray.